Welcome to today's show of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, where I get to interview social change makers, global impact makers on how they contribute to making this world a beautiful place to live for all of us. Today, I have a show that I actually recorded as a Facebook Live with my friend Josh Trent. Josh is also a podcast host, and he normally gets to interview people. So today, we flip the roles. I interviewed him. He runs a show called Wellness Force that is all about physical and emotional well-being, inspiring people to be their best and most authentic self. And that's also what we really got to speak about is how do you get into flow? How do you stay curious day in and day out? And what does it take to be in your own authenticity? So you're yourself and you show up in this authentic self everywhere you go. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you for having me. This is, I, I, I feel special. Get to be the guest. How do you how do you like get into the zone, Josh? Like, man, that's a big one because I feel like for probably the majority of my life, I have always been just dramatically curious in how do I come from the most true and authentic place. And I believe the one thing that's always been a cursor to me, especially in the past three years, it's come pretty true, Julian, is the power of breath. So whether you're talking about how do you drop into flow or how do you get grounded or how do you get centered? I mean, you and I, you know, we play in these same circles of uh, people that might have a spiritual way of being or a spiritual way of speaking. But at the end of the day, I think really what we're talking about here is we're talking about how do we just get clear on standing two feet on the ground and communicating from a place that's real and, and just trustable. So for me, it's been the breath. I actually have a tattoo on my arm and it's se posso respirare, posso scegliere, which in Italian means if I can breathe, I can choose. And it was wow. something that I got before I did this 14-hour crucible with Mark Devine from Seal Fit, uh, which is what you and I talked about a little bit in person here in Encinitas. And it's just been this kind of continuum journey, Julian, of like, how do I constantly, and I mean constantly every day, come from a place of being grounded and just waiting for each moment to unfold, waiting for each moment nice. to develop without having any pretense on the moment or pressure or expectations, man. Yeah. Uh, the, amount of, the amount of stress and just sickness, I think that too much expectation causes all of us is just a life practice. You know, that, that is no finish line on that one, my friend. But for me, it's been a lot of breath work. I've done a holotropic breathing workshop in Los Angeles, which I know you would love. It was in Venice. I've done uh, multiple ceremonies, ceremonies in plant medicine, which really taps you into your breath. So I think breath is, there's a reason why Wim Hof is so popular right now. There's a reason why people are getting back to the basics, I think, in wellness. And that is, you know, breathing, eating, moving, sleeping, all the things that can be so challenging, yet yeah. they're simple, but they're not always easy. Totally. I, I, love, I love this, like, things kind of got to be simple when it, when you write on it's simple, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's easy. So I hear you on like holotropic breath work. I love that stuff. I love any, anything like Wim Hof has a couple of amazing exercises. Uh, certainly plant medicine gets you into a similar kind of inspired place, right? Inspired. I mean, the origin of the word meaning like being in breath. Yes. Inspirare. But how do you do that on a daily basis? Like, do you start off your day and you do like the, you know, like the Tony Robbins, like breathing, or do you actually do the like Wim Hof exercise? Or do you just have your own kind of way? Do you start your day with like a conscious breathing exercise? I wish I had Tony Robbins setup. Have you seen his setup? He has like the rebounder, then he has the cold plunge. I mean, this guy, he's got the sauna. Uh, the best way to do it in the morning, really, what I've found is I actually, it's what you and I did before we hit record. Um, I have been doing a lot of essential oils. I've been diving in this year because what do essential oils make us do? Exactly. They make us take a deep belly breath. We have diaphragmatic breathing that we're all born with, but most people, um, they're operating from this place of upper cross syndrome, upper chest breathing. Mm. And so what that does is when we're not getting that big belly breath, we're filling our belly. It just immediately shifts us over to the sympathetic nervous system, which is fight and flight, high blood sugar, high stress, not being able to be present here in this conversation. It's challenging for people that don't have a practice of breath to actually feel what that is. And so my first couple minutes of the day, I get up, I have a big glass of water. And in that, I learned this from Charles Poliquin. I put in a pinch of Celtic sea salt. I do two fresh squeezed limes, and then I drink it down. The limes increase peristalsis for digestion, and the sea salt actually gives you a bit of alkalinity. So it's something that's like, you know, you're sleeping all night, your body wakes up, it needs some water. 
So I go there first thing. And then actually, after I take a big drink of water, I have to take a deep breath because I've just chugged water. So starting the day, first 10 minutes or less, water, breath. Then I go back to my room and I sit, actually, this is funny, man. I sit naked in front of a juve light, which is, which is called photobiomodulation. And so that's when I do my breathing and uh, I do box breathing. So I'm not sure. Have you ever done box breathing yourself? I have not done box breathing myself. Lad. This is really, this is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, I learned this at the Unbeatable Mind Workshop. You have a, literally think of a box and on that box, you go inhale for five from your belly, fill your chest, hold for five at the top exhale for five on the way down, and then pause for five before you take in your next five second inhale. So it's five, 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 five. Think of a box. Right. So like a square box, so to speak. Exactly. And, and yeah. this is kind of the beginning of the clearing. If you look at Wim Hof, or if you look at Stan Groff, or if you look at holotropics, they'll take people through a mini box breathing style before they do their, you know, hypoxia breathing, which is where you really right. crazy with the breath. So I think, man, to answer your question, like it's, it's really starting the day with the water, the breath, then the juve light, if I don't have time for the juve light or I have something else, I'll at least get in like a few cycles of five, 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 five. Got it. I love asking that question because I feel like there's so much out there, so many modalities, so many things, so many like um, tips and kind of instructions how to be the best human possible, how to unleash like your superpower. But it, it comes back down to like not just knowing something, but how do we actually implement it? in the moment to moment in the day by day. And mm. um, a lot of people I interview have a morning routine. So I'm, I'm always interested to hear that. And as you are the host and founder of Wellness Force, your, your mission, and tell us a little bit more of that. Like your mission is to inspire people around wellness, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah just g give us a little bit more of the essence of Wellness Force. So w Wellness Force is where we, the collective, discover physical and emotional intelligence because I think I felt for a long time now that my even catalyst into wellness was fitness. And I think fitness is all about doing and all about, you know, sometimes suffering, sweating, and just taking all this action all the time. But what I found is that really it's this continuum for all of us where you are not the person you were five years ago. You're not the person you were five days ago. And so there's just this constant evolution of who we actually are in our wellness. And that takes intelligence. I think the one piece that's missing right now from the fitness and wellness and health industries is just an acceptance and a surrender that this is a continuum. There is not going to be some template, some plan, some PDF that gets you exactly where you want to be and then keeps you there. We are ever evolving, Julian, as you know, there is no way we could take something that worked last year and it's going to work exactly the same now. So wellness force is to serve men and women who want to live their life well and that are truly passionate, truly interested in how we interface with this current kind of crazy modern industrialized world and how we have more physical and emotional intelligence to do so, man. Cool. Really cool. I, I love what you're hinting on. Like we're not even the same person we were five days ago. And this is something, close. yeah, this is, I totally con concur. I totally agree. I, I make the same experience over and over again. There's like events that happen in your life, people you meet, people you let go of. There are like opportunities in work. There's all these things that happen every day. There are like layers and layers and layers that actually change you and actually fundamentally change you. It's just our, in my, in my experience, it's, it's my mind that's kind of holding on to this like linear experience of myself while um, in a lot of selfless experiences, if that's through psychedelics or plant medicine or breath or uh, ecstasy that, you know, like when you climb a mountain, I feel like you get the same level of ecstasy or yes. this experience. Yes. Those moments that become aware, I'm like, wow, like why am I even trying to hold on to anything linear um, about creating this idea of who Julian is? Because when I'm present moment to moment, there's so much more possible. I know why I hold on. It's because in the moments where I'm not allowing myself to just let be what's be, I am scared that I'll lose something. I am scared that I'll lose the good feeling. I'm scared that whatever I've created will somehow crumble away. But it's just a lie. <laughs> I mean, the, the reality is, is that every single moment is new. We're constantly creating in each moment. And so I think that's the part that the ego kind of rebels against. I mean, the ego is a subtle foe, my friend. It's always kind of directing us, sometimes fighting us. We don't want to have too little ego. We don't want to have too much ego. It's almost like, you know, the Goldilocks story. Not too little, not too much. We want to have this Goldilocks ego, but it's challenging. It's challenging in this time yeah, where yeah. there's so many distractions to kind of light us up. Well, we, we, we certainly live in an accelerated time with a lot of noise uh, left, right, and center. And at the same time, I feel like 
especially all the like like quote-unquote noise that's coming up through technology and like notifications and facebook's and instagram so whatever other social network you're on um it also actually really 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 awakens us to the degree of saying okay so like there's all this possibility i could be in like a million things at the same time yeah what do i choose as you say when i breathe like your tattoo on your arm says when i breathe i have the ability to choose right yes yeah, because so I, I really feel it pulls us into that responsibility. If we can choose, then we're coming from a place of real intelligence. Like Julian, the reason you've been successful, the reason that anyone can cut a line in life and kind of break through the ice of confusion is because they've chosen something. But before choice comes some type of state that we choose from, like if you're a victim in life and we're coming from this place of being a reactive person, how the hell are we ever supposed to choose if we are constantly being drained on our bank of attention, how are we supposed to choose? We have to really fight for our attention right now. I think that's something that relates to your work and my work is how do we come from a place of attention that we care about and not fall victim to kind of the, the wolves that are out there, man? Like this is, this is a real thing right now. I think being in that reactive place over and over has taught me in my life when I've been in a reactive place, when I've like looked for affirmation or I looked for validation or I was looking for someone to say, um, you're good enough the way you are. That's actually when I got totally lost every time. Right. Yep. And that's, I don't know if, um, if you're familiar with um, his, I think his name is Adya Shanti. He's a spiritual teacher. Um, we're kind of cruising into the topic of consciousness here. I love that. Um, Adya Shanti says that, enlightenment is not a beautiful process it's not something that's like all about blissfulness it's something that rips off layers of untruth from you until you're left with nothing but the awareness of truth wow it's, i mean it sounds challenging and it also sounds very real uh i think that yeah. consciousness can be glamorized at times by certain leaders in personal development you know oh i'm achieving higher consciousness or some people are so confused julian like what does that actually even mean to mm. achieve higher consciousness and for me, it's, it's always there. It's just clearing out the shit. Can we cuss on your show? I guess I just did. It's clearing out the shit that's there so we can just see what's inside already. And that has nothing to do with esoteric babble. I mean, this is just real. Like when we're kids, we don't have to worry about consciousness because that's just who we are. It's as adults, we learn all these things, and then we spend the rest of our lives and in powerful conversations like this, remembering what's true anyways, which is that consciousness. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I feel you there. I feel um, the layers of illusion or the layers of conditioning or the layers of kind of what we are told, this is okay, or this is what you should do, or now, now this is, this is um, how you behave as a professional, or this is what you do once you turn 30. I just turned 30 last month. Or this is what you do I'm when further. you're, thanks, when you're live yeah. on a show. I think all these layers are, um, it's, I believe it's okay to be aware of them and it's okay to kind of recognize them, right? And say, yeah. well, fair enough, this is somebody's opinion or this is how our collective has made agreements so far. But yet when we actually come from this childlike place of innocence, and what I'm learning over and over again, and I'm, I'm realizing this is where the true power is, there's just one moment, and this is right now. And in this one moment, let me be fully present with what comes out, with what emerges, with what um, kind of wants to be. And then let me fully make like one perfect next step. You know, what gets in the way of that, though, is our day, our week, our stressors, our stories, uh, the ability to just do a conversation, be a conversation. It can be challenging at times, especially because what you talked about where, you know, we have the phone and we have all these things that we want to do. It's, is this moment exciting? Can, can myself and another person be so present in a moment where it's so exciting to our nervous system and we're just so tuned in and turned on that nothing else matters? We have that power all the freaking time. We don't tap into it because it's like going to the gym. It's a practice, man. Totally. I, we're, you know, we're half beast, half spirit. We're here in this physical meat radio <laughs> in the middle of outer space, trying right. to make sense of this whole thing called life. And, and you and I are here like, wait a minute, can we stop the spinning and just drop in here? That phrase drop in. It's, it's um, something that's been coming up a lot in conversations. I believe it started out as a pure comment, you know, to drop in with someone. Yeah. What are we really saying? To drop in is to remove all the stuff on top that's blocking us. To drop in is to go inside. So I feel like dropping in is a skill set that is um, some people have it. Some people don't. Cool. Um, so when you relate all this to wellness force and kind of the, the, the mission you're on, 
like let me ask you that question what kind of superhero are you like what kind of superhero power do you share with the world you should make me think about that one uh what kind of superhero power i think my power is that i since a very young age have always been more attentive than most people in regards to energy i've always cared more about how i leave a room whenever i go into a room i study the room to see if there's any threats i'm very sensitive to my surroundings so i think at a really early age i just felt ah why is everyone else not like me why do i feel things more than other people why am i so sensitive blah 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 and it kind of tore me down which of course sometimes in life we all think that our greatest gift is like a weakness mm -hmm. but my greatest gift really is to just truly connect with someone not for any other reason but because i'm just really curious about what that might be i'm just really curious julian about what it might be to connect with you and so i think my superpower is almost like a cape with a big c on the back of it that says curious um nice. that that's kind of my superpower man the rest is kind of yet to be determined but cj curious <laughs> curious josh totally curious josh um that's that's probably my superpower right now yeah just like letting curiosity truly be my guide cool man that's like a very childlike uh, uh quality right there i feel like curiosity is almost innate in all of us and we we're kind of getting lost in all the external stimulation but if you're really truly experiencing life from the inside first and just explore what like when you have your eyes closed and it's like right before bed and you like go through your day what are you actually curious about experiencing more of right and then um yeah i love that that you're curious moment to moment what you can experience with a person or kind of connect over um, you know who yeah. is one you know is one person who also has um maybe a superpower i loved i loved how you formed that question is um Someone that comes to mind, he's interviewed, I think, 53,000 people or more, Larry King. And yeah. Larry King said that he's just so curious that it sometimes gets him in trouble. <laughs> and I'm like, that's kind of what I feel too. Like, I, I guess I've been obnoxiously curious sometimes and it has gotten me into trouble, you know, because it's like, well, maybe there's a healthy boundary around how we allow ourselves to be so curious about something. But God, Julian, it's like, if we're not curious, we're dying. If we're not interested, if we're not interested truly in why something's happening what are we doing here you know if we can't stay curious in that way cool i love that i think this is kind of coming back into the topic of consciousness i, I feel like this is the the like fundamental expression of consciousness through the human journey is we are here to expand you know we're here to um like for the sake of no better words we're like the cutting edge experience of consciousness in a body on this planet right now and as this experience of consciousness in a body we're we're not wanting to just repeat the same nine to five build some things kind of uh, rhythm or routine what we're actually what i feel in myself and the people i interview is not just what's next in terms of looking into the future because it, it, it again it is about being right here right now but yeah. right now what is expanding in this moment what, what am i actually grateful for what am i curious for and what is it that kind of um, fascinates me right i think um there is this this, this saying like living psychedelically is like living with like i think alan watts said that like full attention to like one single item let's say like as we said earlier the the the, the essential oils right you know this full experience of like oh wow now that I'm, I'm having um something called tree spirit for everyone who's um, not smelling what i'm smelling like fur and i bet it smells fantastic oh my god man it's like an explosion of senses <laughs> right this moment right and i think that's what true curiosity actually gets us to is like this explosion of aliveness from moment to moment to moment uh someone asked me on a podcast earlier this month or last month they were like would you rather be safe and would you rather have happiness or would you want to feel alive? And immediately I was like, I want to feel alive. I would much want, I would much rather feel alive than anything else, even if it meant that I was possibly in danger or things weren't going to be perfectly safe or everything wasn't 100% secure. Because I, I believe this, especially for someone like me and you, and I know all the people that, that are watching this, there is something to be said about how safety can decay our spirit a little bit. If we're too safe, it actually degrades consciousness. It degrades our ability to move forward, man. You know, oh, what's totally what, what you. good is moving forward. If we're always safe, if we're always in the comfort, if we're always kind of in the juiciness with a warm blanket and cocoa and a puppy. I mean, I like all those things, but not every single day. I hear you. Um, it's uh, Pema Chodron. Uh, Buddhist teacher who says, if you're looking for safety and certainty, you're on the wrong planet. 
And when I heard that for the first time, I was like, wow, yes, that's that boom. Yeah, it was like a big, a big explosion of mind. I was like, yes, um, that's that's a total illusion. Yeah, man. So tell us a little bit more about how you grew up and how all this like curiosity and being sensitive and like learning how to deal with that in this world. How um, how did that journey go for you? Like listeners want to understand who you are. Yeah, um, I, I was a young kid. I didn't necessarily have a lot of tools. I think the word that comes to mind, Julian, is tools. You know, we're all born into this world and the world is a very unfair place. If you look at nature, uh, nature is not fair and, and neither is anyone's experience when they're young. And I was born into an environment where when I was two months old, my dad left and my mom unfortunately suffered from this manic bipolar disease. So I never really understood what it was like to have a safe space, to let that nervous system rest, to understand what it was to take a deep breath when I was a kid. So, you know, to no surprise, man, by the time I'm 20 years old, I had found this beautiful drug that I thought at the time was beautiful, that is really no one talks about it enough in this country. And it's around mental health. It's around food, this drug that I found that was food. It was a way for me to check the hell out of all the emotions that I was feeling in my stomach and in my chest that I didn't want to feel. And so, you know, I'm in my early 20s, no surprise, I'm 280 pounds. I'm in this relationship I freaking hate. I'm in a job I don't like. I was actually an um, automotive technician for Mercedes-Benz. And I just, everything wasn't working in my life, right? I'm sure we can all relate to this. And that's where I was. I had no idea what I wanted, but man, I just know I didn't want where I was at. And so, I was at a party drinking. I had one of these like red party cups. I was drinking beer because that's kind of what you do when you're unhappy and you go drink beer a whole bunch and you don't have to feel anything. I slammed the cup down and I had this moment where I was just so disgusted with my body. I was so disgusted with the way I felt in my soul that I just ran home drunk. It was almost like this lightning bolt that hit my chest where I just, I couldn't do what I was doing anymore. I hated my body. I hated my life. I hated everything. Ah. And it was like the universe gave me this massive contrast. By the time I got home, I typed on the computer. I think I put in like, how do I be healthy? And then it was this trial by fire year and a half of just, you know, researching, like, how do I actually let go of weight? What does that mean to be healthy? How, how do I exercise? How do I do all these things? Because I just, I didn't have that, you know, that wasn't something that was given to me. So uh, about a year and a half later, I sold everything I owned and I moved to Oahu, which is incredible, incredible feminine energy in Oahu. If you are ever looking for a change, go to Oahu or go to Hawaii because you will find a part of yourself out there. And that's what happened to me, man. I was working out at the gym. I'm 23, 24 years old. A fitness manager comes up to me and he's like, hey, you should think about being a trainer. I've seen you get some good results. And I, I turned to him and I was like, what's a trainer? I didn't know what training was. Yeah. And I found this beautiful catalyst to change my own physicality in my life which at the time I didn't know this, but you know, I think fitness is the doorway to wellness. I think that's where most people start. And so for the next 10 years, man, that's what I did. It was this journey of understanding how powerful physicality can be and how that can transform the spirit. You know, we have this lens that we look through and, and that's what it was for me. It was like clearing away all the crap that I forgot about when I was a kid and exercise really helped me do that. Fitness really helped me do that. And when I got to this place of not wanting to be a trainer anymore, I really had no idea what I wanted to do, but it was like full circle again. I knew I didn't want to count reps in gyms anymore after 10 years, but I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do. So man, uh, I got a pretty hard contrast of leaving the fitness space. I went into the technology sector and then I actually ended up getting fired from the technology sector. I'm sitting in the office and the, the boss at the time, he was like, you're not cut out for this work. You should do something else. I'm like, what do you think I should do? And he's like, well, I, when I think of you, I think of wellness. And I just cool. kind of let that sit in. And um, I did a lot of emotional trainings, man. The past four years have been a lot of work for me to even launch this podcast. Uh, and the podcast has been going since 2015. Um, you know, 160 plus shows now. So it's really been a journey of what happens if you just can't say no to something that keeps coming up? What happens if the yeah. universe keeps trying to give you messages, keeps trying to give you subtle hints? You know, you may go off course for a year or two years or three years like I did, but eventually you're coming home. You're going to find home. It's, it, it's inevitable oh, I love that you're that. going there. I, I love what you're sharing there. And it, it, what I hear you say too is like you had to hit rock bottom, right? To kind of take off all the like literally extra weight or like alcohol or food and all these things that people do in this um, current society we're in. And we all had uh, one yeah. form or other of that. I certainly uh, overindulged in alcohol. And it was like three rock bottoms. 
to yeah. be honest with you. That, that's what I just wanted to go with it. Is like so, yeah. so like when do we when in your life was this moment when you realized, okay, instead of hitting rock bottom to understand the message, how do I subtly attune to what the universe actually wants to tell me? What where, what is home and how do I hear it? And mm. let me kind of um go go there for a second. I feel like what you're what you're learning about wellness and what you're sharing with people, and th that's why I'm so inspired tuning into your show as well, is that when you are attuned to your own vehicle, to your own um body right when you're when you're on, in check with um your physical health well it, it's great for how you look and how you feel in your body but you also clear up all this space because you're not distracted anymore with physical ailment and now you're so much more able to hear god or the universe speak to you and say look you're doing great in your human uh meat suit um <laughs> yeah you're, you're also supposed to be doing this for the rest of the collective yeah, I think that unless you take care of the vessel, then, you know, Paul Check talks about this, one of my biggest mentors, if you're not taking care of the temple, not from a place of ego, like, you know, everybody wants to look good naked. But what I'm talking about is just honoring the temple. Um, if you're not honoring that, then every single other thing you do, whether it's you and I in this conversation or a relationship, or it's tainted with that stress of the physicality, it's tainted, it's stressed by the fact that the lens that you're speaking through, the platform that you're coming from, it's not as pure as you deserve. It's not as light. It's not as free, man. You know, physical stress, there's a reason why disease happens, right? The opposite of ease. If you're in dis-ease, you're not in ease. And so that's where really everything stems from, you know, cancers and, and all these comorbidities that kind of stack on top of one another. It, there's a reason for that. And, you know, man, you asked me like about a moment. I think a big moment for me was um, something that flashed in my eyes once when I was in a, a ceremony and it was my mom. I was 10 or 11 years old and she was getting carried out of the house when I was a little kid on a stretcher. And my grandparents were there and I was like, what's going on with mom? I was like so concerned. And they kind of like pacified me. They, I think they lied. They're like, oh, she's just going to go take a nap or something. But I realized she had had a nervous breakdown. And I didn't know at that time why she had it or what happened or anything like that. But that was the thing, Julian, is her parents didn't teach her about health. Her parents didn't teach her about wellness, how to manage her emotional state. Then, yeah. of course, I didn't get that either. So I am literally breaking the chain in that realm of what does it actually mean to be well in this life? You know, what does that mean for all of us? And I got that deep contrast that really like, you know, it kind of touches me to even talk about it because I'm just thinking like, man, that's just as that that scar is just as fresh, just as raw as it ever has been. Doesn't it doesn't control me. It's just something that ah, I just love my mom. Right. And so any of us that go down a path of wellness or helping other people or personal development or even, you know, conscious thought revolution, it's probably because at some point we've experienced from a parent or a friend or somebody we love the deep, dark contrast of, of them not having what we believe we're all entitled to. And I don't want to say entitlement because it's more like we're all sentient beings, right? I think entitlement gets a, a, a negative connotation from time to time. But man, we're all entitled to feel great. You know, we're going to have stressors in life, but we are entitled to having this core of wellness. Well, be the, I love where you're going with this. And I feel like being alive is the entitlement or that's the righteousness being alive is the actual privilege and i know those are words that um they, they don't land well with everyone but i i truly feel like um righteousness and entitlement yeah they have negative connotations but if you look at them just as the energies that they stand for is as you are josh in this body you're 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 beautifully entitled to to live and express and as long as you're not hurting a third person, there is no limit to what you're expressing, right? Well, I don't know. I, I got to interrupt you because I don't know if, if the Latin verbiage is correct, but to entitle something, does that mean to give them title? Doesn't that mean that the title exists? So if the title exists, why are, who says we're not worthy to have that title of wellness, of health? Who, who am I to deny myself of a title? I'm not asking for a handout. I'm willing to do the work. Yeah. So I think, honestly, I think this is the times we're in, in 2017, going into 2018. Um, I think truly uh, we're coming out of this like era of humanity that is certainly held in scarcity. That's certainly held in like, um, like individualistic thinking, you know, in the sense of like creating separation, creating nation states, creating um, country borders and, and, and governments and laws and basically a protective way of creating reality. And we're immersing into this new field. We're realizing, wow, well, once I'm well, I really want other people to be well on top, right? I don't want to just be the only guy who's doing really well. I want all of us to be in this abundance. Yes. So 
I believe our generation literally kind of going from the scarcity era into the abundance era, into like a new kind of golden age of abundance mindset. We are the bridge, meaning we like literally my life has thrown me a couple of curveballs, but what I've realized, none of them were actually that tragic as I thought in the moment they would be. And once I realized to look at them and kind of truly accept the transformation without um, knowing where it's going to take me, life is like, showering you in abundance it's like oh man you can have this too and that too and you're allowed to have this as well and i feel our mission and message and we've talked about the last time we met in person too is like kind of um creating those bridge and co-creating it because it's not individuals who are creating that it's not a, a jeff bezos or a steve jobs alone it's all of us participating in these movements and and creating more value for ourselves and for others I think somebody watching or listening can understand that, yes, there's complete and total truth to what you're saying, but you and I both know there is a constant duality where that is absolutely possible. There is a world coming up with technology and decentralization of money and Bitcoin and the way that technology is allowing you and I to connect. This never existed before. This has never existed in the space of humanity. It's just never been a thing. So we're just like, what the hell is going on? You know. So that's exciting. But yet there's also this other duality of people choosing to deny it, choosing to push against it, choosing to not go with the tide to fight a wave actually. And that's what scares me. And that's what, you know, I'm aware of that. It's almost like, you know, I, I recently watched a film and it was about the military and it was um, American Sniper. And his dad was saying, you know, people can't deny the fact that there's evil because if they do, one day evil's gonna come knocking at their door and they're not gonna be ready. So I think there's some truth to that. I think there are some things that we need to look at as we do grow in this conscious revolution while also putting attention towards the conscious revolution. Do you know what I mean? We can't just be so kind of around the fireplace here. We need to, we need to respect both. I totally agree with you. There's light and there is dark, right? It's just that as we're increasing the light bulb, we get to see more and more of the dark. So with having all these cell phones and being basically live everywhere all the time, there's nothing we don't see anymore. And it's yes. kind of overwhelming. But yes. again, it really, really, really demands us to... Um, pick the place of deliberate desire. And when you mention the word conscious thought revolution, what I feel is really important to state over and over and over again, it's like the revolution is not just the technology and not just um, the interconnectedness. The revolution truly is inside. The, the, the moment you look at your life and you realize how that correlates with what's going on in your inner dialogue over and over and over again, I think that's when your individual revolution starts. So it's an inside job that we get to share on the outside while the old mindset is what's happening outside. How do I defend myself, protect myself, interact with it. And it's been a huge relearning and re like rekindling also for me, relearning in the sense that I had to like let go of some conditioning that, that certainly was um, that I partook in, but then also rekindling because actually the curiosity we talked about earlier in this conversation. Yeah. So alive when you realize, Oh, wow this what's coming at me is a reflection of what's been going on inside of me. So it's not here to threaten me. It's actually here to um, add to my journey. So am I able to receive what's coming to me from the outside as an, an addition or is everything just interrupting me, um, breaking my flow? Like, you know what I mean? Like this is kind of the duality. I, I believe we have to um, attune ourselves to, to see and learn from. Don't you think that God, creator, whoever it is, right? Whatever kind of intelligence that's been out there forever, don't you think they designed it that way, Julian, on purpose? If we didn't have the duality in every second, how would we possibly have a rich existence? How would we grow? I mean, if you look at some of the work from Neil deGrasse Tyson, he mentions that when they go down to a subatomic level, they actually find that it looks almost as if they're computers, like quantum computers, that re-replicate themselves. I mean, what the hell does that even mean, right? So at the very base of all of our existence, there is a self-replicating computer that's relearning about itself at the very kind of sub-particle level. I mean, that right there should just blow everyone's minds. When I first heard that, I was like, this guy's full of shit. So I went, and, I went and researched it and I actually saw the studies that they had done and it was like, oh yeah, well, of course it's re-replicating itself because that's what we're doing. Every single moment we're re-replicating, right? We're learning something new, we're taking it in, but we also, and I hate to use, use the word, but we also get to respect the fact that there is old software that we're running on, man. We have this consciousness that's coming through us but we're still hardwired through the amygdala. 
We still have novelty that's wired in our limbic brain. We still have certain basic fundamental needs that if those are under a threat, you know, Maslow's triangle, if those bottom layers aren't filled, it's kind of impossible for us to strive for consciousness. In order to strive for consciousness, we have to have the basics taken care of. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think becoming aware of that also means becoming aware of all the basics that they are. So we all are, we're all in a body, right? So there's always going to be bodily sensations going on. If it's like your heart pounding because you're super excited or if it's your stomach and it's like, I'm hungry, man, feed me. If we're not taking care of those basics, as you just said, we're not even free to understand who we truly are. Because then the kid inside is like, you're not taking care of me. I don't care about your growth. Uh, hey, Julian, the adult, the conscious being, I know you want to grow and everything, bro. But uh, the kid inside of me, he needs to eat. He needs to feel safe. He needs to feel wanted. He needs to feel heard. I mean, all these things are really important. So when we look at consciousness being a revolution, we can't have a revolution unless there's some kind of base we launch it from. Totally, totally. So let me, let me ask you this. We're, we're sharing thoughts about a conscious thought revolution and how consciousness kind of um, emerges into our life and how we can express our true essence to, you know, share into the collective. If you had, I'm going to change it up a little bit. If you had a billion dollars tomorrow, okay, one, one billion. So that's an amount of money you can literally create anything with. What would you use it for and why? Wow, let me get my calculator out. Um, <laughs> okay, I would divide it, I would divide it into three parts. Okay, I would equally divide that money into three parts, there would be uh, wellness force compounds that would be developed all over the world. Um, you know, hopefully we'd be able to have like 30 of them right with a third of this money. So the building would go to the three of these uh, three of these uh, sections. In this first one, there'd be compounds that would be built in those compounds, there would be people that we hire to have this kind of conversation, and to have trusted practitioners that would go there to teach people about physical and emotional intelligence. And by the way, in these centers across the world, as people are developing and growing and becoming these awesome humans, uh, they're going to ripple that out to everyone that they know. So I'm not talking about serving just the elite here, just the people that can afford to spend $10,000 and you know go to the far ends of the earth. What I'm talking about is putting these centers, if I have a billion dollars, I'm gonna fund it myself and I'm gonna do it. And then with the third, I would market. So I would create the centers, I would fill them with practitioners that are talented with the second half. And with the third half, I would market it because people have to know we live in an age where attention is the new currency, as you know, and your friend knows. So unless we have people's attention, they're not going to do any kind of travel, any kind of discovery, any kind of uh, involvement about those three things. So I've always wanted to have a wellness compound. I think that's been like my ultimate dream. I would have a, I would have a farm in the back, right? And there would be people that would actually learn how to grow their own food and what that means. There'd be physical training and rehabilitation and lectures on what it means to be well and healthy in this world that makes you frenetic at times and that is digitally connected. And we, there'd be lectures on that. So I think those three components, Julian, you know, if I have a billion dollars, man, like you're, if you're hooking it up that big for me, I'm going to do something really big. Nice. And I think, I think that's the whole point of the question is, think so big that it's an actual moonshot, right? Like what is it that you um, feel free enough to create? That's why I asked the billion dollar question. So we're literally leaving this place of our mindset where we're like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd love to do this, but which is, is a place of scarcity again, right? And which I like, we're all in this space all the time. And I'm not sure if you're going to actually have the billion dollars tomorrow, but okay, <laughs> well, we'll see. But it certainly, <laughs> I think it, it's great to, um, well, you have some money on Bitcoin, you might be at a billion tomorrow. Hey, I do have money on Bitcoin, but it's probably not going to hit a billion. That's like a whole other conversation. But, but that yeah. actually is based on what people think is possible because of an old paradigm exactly. versus what's possible without that limiting paradigm. I mean, that's real. We look at how people are approaching Bitcoin right now and how most people are like, well, I don't even know about it. and I don't want to know about it because I only know that when I give people a slip of paper with green writing on it, that that means that I get my water bottle. I mean, that's kind of the paradigm we're operating on now. But people have no fucking idea the change that's coming right now. What's going to happen with currency? What's going to happen when everything's decentralized? We're going through a massive, massive shakeup right now, and yeah. no one is talking about it. We think we're talking about it because people in our circles might want to have that conversation. But the major media outlets, it's all scarcity. It's Bitcoin is a sham. Yeah. Digital currency is going to hurt you. Any kind of growth that doesn't involve the monetary policy that we have now and the currency we have now is going to hurt you. It's all scarcity. Meanwhile, the very same people 
that are having that scarcity conversation are being exposed and investing in Bitcoin on the back end, like Jamie Dimon, right? So there's a real power transition happening right now. And that is where the conscious revolution is going to occur. Boom. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's also really hard for any of us that are in those bubbles. Um, and we are already talking about these topics. It's really hard for any of us to truly know what's going to happen because that's right. what innovation and disruption is. We don't really know where this is going to go. We, we just have kind of an idea that like with decentralization, with automation of work, with machine learning, when machine learning and blockchain meet each other, truly meet each other and basically take the realm of transactions and bureaucracy off the human mind and into the like um, super intelligent sphere, I believe we will be completely revolutionized in the way we use time. Do you feel like we will have the UBI? Do you ever see UBI being a real thing? Yes, I feel universal basic income, UBI, or a form of it to be a real thing. I mean, we have countries like Germany where I grew up or Canada where, where, where I live um, that have very, very elaborate um, healthcare systems and very elaborate ways of basically helping people with their basic needs, right? Yeah. So yeah. once we emerge into automation and work kind of changes from where it's at into the next sphere, then we'll have so much time in our hands. So much. And how are we going to help everyone re-educate into this place of abundance and into this place of what comes next? And I think basic income or, or in like welfare, to, for the sake of no better word, is I think it's going to be an essential step and mainly for re-educating, right? So we are able to say, okay, those were the first 30 years of my life. And now a lot more is possible and a lot of different things are possible. So instead of um, moping about it or, or, or feeling as the victim, oh, I've used to be uh, this for the last 15 years, the question now becomes, what do I want to contribute to the collective, right? And in order to figure this out, the collective needs to basically create some form of support to say, okay, you, you, you get $1,000 a month. You don't have to worry about surviving. Yeah, so filling in that bottom rung of, of Maslow's triangle, if you have safety, if you have security, if you have things coming in that are going to take care of your basic needs, this is, I guess, what I'm talking about, Julian. We're almost returning to this one section again where you're so right about what's possible, yet nobody can see that if they're busy dealing with the stressors of right now, those basic yeah. human things. And that is what I believe I'm most excited about, man. I'm so excited about that changing because the ability for people to be seen and be heard like you and I are doing right now has never been greater. Yeah. Yet the mindset around it is still from that place that, oh, it might not be possible. Oh, who cares if I do a Facebook Live? Who cares if I do a podcast? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Everyone cares. We, we are all waiting for you. Like we're all waiting for you to care. If everyone cares more, that's how real change happens. That's how consciousness actually grows is if people start giving a fuck. You know, I, I totally concur. And I feel like this is, as we're talking about consciousness and consciousness emerging through us and as us, it's like if we take care of our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being in ourselves, but also with each other. Yeah. Mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. Then we, 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 we literally just create the baseline for us to to act as conscious beings and not us to act from a place of, um, yeah, kind of like, like the human condition, you know, that's what people refer to. Yes. And the human condition's real. Like that's the thing we're, we're here. We have certain responsibilities that we want to take care of, but I guess really the big question is, well, what's next? What do we actually do want to create? You're watching this, you're listening to this. Like what is next for you? Have you taken the time to really parse out, what your goals are like, not just in the way that you're going to make money, which is important and the way you're going to have a relationship or your health, but what's kind of your contribution going to be in 2018? Totally. You know? And I think, I think this is a great question. And everybody who's listening right now who's tuned in or who's seeing this later on, please like leave some comments. Like we'd yes. love to see like, what are you dreaming of? What are you wanting to experience? What, and if it's a money related goal, that, that's absolutely fine too. There's nothing wrong with it. I think what we're saying, Josh, is that it's, it's about encouraging people to think beyond money. And one thing that I come back to again and again is what we're actually living is not a means to an end or a means to money. What we're living is an experience. So when we become aware, what kind of experience do we want to live? We start asking a very different question to our internal mind. And the answer will be 
um, a lot more. Uh, yeah, there will be a lot more like space for like like flourishment or like uh, you know when we actually say how do we want the experience to be? Do I want to be in an office space? Do I want to be um, having security of a nine to five job? Do I want to meet amazing people and interview them? Do I want to right? So once we contemplate from that angle, we're letting go of the scarcity of oh this one person, this one employer, this one um, relationship is going to need to give me what I want. No, we're just saying, okay, yes. this is where we're at now. And, and this is how I'd like to experience it. And then life itself kind of fills in in the middle, right? That's my experience over the last uh, two decades. And it's, it's, it's fucking scary. I got to admit that. <laughs> yes, but it's totally life. scary. And something's coming up for me right now. I'd love to share, you know, before people even go to this place of like what's possible in 2018 and like what do I want to create? It's also taking somewhat of an inventory, Julian, of what are the stories and the beliefs that you actually can take a real look at and let go of. Um, for me, I'll never forget this, man. A big one for me when I was a kid was that money causes pain. That was a big one. Money causes pain. Um, I'm 13 years old. I want to save up for a Sega Genesis. And my dad was like, well, that's a hundred and something dollars. Um, do you know how long that takes people to earn? Like, like shaming the fact that I wanted to save up and buy a video game system. Now, granted, I love my dad. Like he did the best he could. He learned his educational pieces around emotions from his dad. So he's a good dude. He just didn't get the tools that he needed, right? And so mm. then that gets passed on to me. And in that moment, I look back and I'm like, huh, how did that belief around money causing pain block me from growth at certain times in my life? And how does the awareness of that old story that's complete bullshit, because money doesn't cause pain, people cause each other pain, we cause pain for ourselves, but the money itself doesn't cause the pain. The money is as arbitrary as my essential oil, right? It, essential oil does nothing unless we use it in the way that we want. So that was the thing that I had to get true with, Julian. It's like, all right, if we're going to do anything in life that means something, man, we must have, we must take a, a inventory. We must take an emotional inventory of what are the things that really aren't true? Is it true? You know, you look at the work of Byron Katie, the very first question in her four series is, is it true? Is what you're saying to yourself the truth? Is that so? Really reflect on is that belief or that thing that happened to me could it have happened for you? Could it have happened? And it's not just semantics. Could it have happened for you because it was meant to push you in a direction? Like you don't forge a sword in ice water. There's a reason why you have to bang the shit out of a sword and stick it in the fire. It's got to be forged, man. It's the same thing with you and I. But if we allow ourselves to get comfortable and listen to the old stories about like why money is bad and blah, 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 blah. They're just not true. And we just get to, to ask ourselves these real questions. Powerful, man. I, I, love, I love where this is going. So anybody who's tuned in right now, um, share with us what is true for you. And like, as you said, what's so, right? What's your current emotional inventory? And then yeah. where, where do you want to take this for 2018? Do you yeah. want to share some of your uh, visions, goals, or like experiences you want to make in 2018? Yes. In 2018, the goal is to make six figures. And the reason I want to make specifically six figures is because I know that I'll be supporting five other lives. And when I support five other lives, they support Wellness Force, which has, by the way, nothing to do with me. I might be like leading it. I might be the charge of it, but I don't want it to be about me. So my first monetary goal is to hit six figures. And I know we're going to do that because this year has been such a year of letting go, man. It has been such a year of letting go. And um, it's funny, my, my business name is Wellness Force. And at some point during this year, I, I checked in and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm really trying to force Wellness Force. That doesn't make any sense. You know, it doesn't make any sense for me to force Wellness Force. What makes sense is for me to trust, to call in support. And I'll tell you, man, it was a couple months ago that, that I had this really big awakening where it was, oh, I actually don't have to do this on my own at all. I get to call in all these people. And wouldn't you know it, there was massive changes in my life where someone came in. Now we have somebody that's literally kind of leading the charge with me as an operations director. We have another person who's contributing content for the blog. We have all these relationships coming up in 2018. It's been such a beautiful kind of opening, but it only happened when I decided in my solar plexus that it was real. If I didn't make that decision, like, oh, you know what? I don't have to do this myself. This is way bigger than just me. That was the allowing, man. And that was the part that was um, kind of like feeling like emotionally even thinking about it here. It's um, that was the part that meant so much this year, man. That was my big growth moment this year. Like, I don't have to do this alone. 
and none, none of us do. None of us do. And I know that's going to relate to my to my goal of six figures because it's truly not about me. I think that's what I've heard from so many people that I respect in business. If you just make your service about other people yeah. and you do that on a consistent basis, you're going to get all the abundance you ever need. Yeah, I love where, where you're taking this. It's uh, it's a collaborative journey. It's a synergistic journey, right? Like uh, it's very hard to be a human being alone on the planet. So um, our true power, I believe, is in collaboration. And I feel that through the connectedness, through the, the, the consciousness rising, through the, the thought revolution happening individually, but also uh, in, in certain groups. Um, yeah, there's still lots to do, but I feel like the, the readiness for collaboration and synergy has never been as, as potent and as powerful. Um, cool, man. I, re I really love that. Um, as we're kind of like coming to a close of this interview, I'd, I'd love to know, like going into your 2017, um, what are like three lessons that you would pass on to an apprentice? Mm. So for the new year, if someone is in the process of creating something mm. to enjoy the creation process, um, that is the number one thing where if I would have gone back to myself in January 2017 compared to January 2018, it's just truly about enjoying it, man. Yeah. God, we don't have to make it so challenging. I'll speak for myself. I don't have to make it so challenging because when, when I have big dreams or we have big dreams and we want to accomplish big things, I think sometimes there's an air or an old kind of paradigm where we have to try so hard that we're hustling and mm. we're grinding and we're crushing it. And it's like, well, that actually makes your health suffer, which I experienced this year. And I'm like, oh, well, if I'm going to lead a movement that's around physical and emotional intelligence, I get to be those things. I don't have to be those things. I'm not forced to be those things. I just get to be those things, right? It's so much more easier to accept in that regard. So number one, man, out of three, enjoy. Enjoy the process. Like actually do it. Not just tell yourself that I'm going to enjoy the process. Uh, really do that. The, the second thing would be do not be closed to anything being too easy. If something is too easy or if someone comes into your life and you might think that they have ulterior modems or whatever, just trust yourself in that moment to know that if they're in your greatest service and then if they're in the service for the higher good, uh, you will be able to trust. You will be able to know if somebody wants to support you from a good place or if somebody just wants to take advantage of you. Um, so I guess number two, man, would, would be really allow yourself to trust. So trust is a big one. Um, and then the third is stay freaking curious. <laughs> like stay like really, like really stay curious here. And, and if you're not curious about something, then go to a place where you have no input for three days, like a mini Vipassana or some kind of meditation, disconnect yourself. I guarantee you, you're going to be just grinding. You're going to be totally jonesing for something to do. Get back into your curiosity again. If you're in a phase of your life where you're kind of beat up or maybe your business took a toll on you or your physical life and your relationships took a toll on you, Unless you just get curious about something, if you don't allow yourself to be in that state of curiosity, it's going to be so hard. It's going to be so hard to do the first two that I mentioned, because if you don't have that underbelly, that energy of curiosity, how are you supposed to trust? How are you supposed to allow in support? How are you supposed to do any of these things if you're not in touch with that core of just wondering what's out there? Why the hell we're here on this rock in the middle of outer space? which is, I know we share that same interest, right? Like, what the hell are we actually doing here? We're all figuring it out. And so if we're all figuring it out, let's not make it so challenging to one another. Let's, let's be a little more kind to each other. And not just nice, but let's just truly be more kind to each other. And it starts with being kind to myself. I'm kind to myself. I love myself. I'm not like, oh, you know, I love you, bro. It's not, it's not weird like that. It's more like, a, I love you, man. I can look in the mirror and look at you in, you know, 37 years old. And I can say, I love you. You're doing a great job. Yeah. Self-love is, is a huge one. And um, it's where it all starts again, right? It's the inside journey of that consciousness unfolding within us and realizing that all the, all the ebb and flow, I, I feel like life is like an ocean itself. Like it's ebb and flow. And so, so there's moments when everything flows and it's so easy and it's like, we're all dancing the, the happiness and the blissful party, but then there are ebb, ebbing moments when we realize, okay, um, let me start with basic one-on-one again. Like I, I trust myself. I love myself, right? I, yeah. I have compassion with myself. I'm actually kindness. As you say, I start um, at home and it's a learning journey. Again, like uh, many, many, many ways of learning that for me over and over again. And 
Um, some of them were glorious. Some of them are the opposite. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's cool. Like my experience, at least of the things that you're up to, and, and hopefully you feel the same about me and some fraction of that is that even with this constant evolution of learning and going through the dark times and going through the light times, there's so many radical things to be grateful for. And so much acknowledgement. I don't know if anybody acknowledges you enough for what you're creating and all the people that you're helping in this world. To acknowledge one another is freaking juicy. It just feels good, man. Gratitude cuts right through all the bullshit. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I totally agree. And I think this is this is part of why we're talking about it. I think this is what's forming around this like um, like global movement that we're certainly maybe in a bubble on the West Coast and also in the technology sector and in the wellness sector. But like yeah. there's there's a, a new form of, of acknowledging each other as a tribe of a tribe of rising consciousness, a tribe of uh, a conscious thought revolution, a tribe of superheroes, right? A tribe of um, living in this age of true freedom and not the pursuit of happiness or the pursuit of freedom where you need to chase it or consume it or um, protect the freedom, which is my favorite um, oxymoron. Um, you, you can protect freedom, right? You can only like be that and, and offer that. And yeah. in, in that age, we, we are we're learning that that means collaboration, that that means vulnerability, that that, that means trust, that that means self-love, and then also kindness truly to each other. And for me, what I'm learning over and over again, and this is kind of what, what I could, could share with people is like, I can't really make solid plans for what's going to happen in five years. It's just impossible because I don't know what's going to happen in five days. So the freer I am to actually allow life to show me, the more joyful and grateful and um, juicy it does get. I thought of something, man, and I just want to drop it in because you asked me, what am I creating this year? And I know I speak for probably millions of people in the world right now that are open to loving, committed relationships. I think for a long time, I was in this space where if I was doing my work and I was taking care of me and I was doing my best business growth and my best personal growth and my best growth in general, then you know, along my path, I would find some beautiful, conscious female that was doing the same. And I think that actually could be bullshit. <laughs> I think sometimes we get in this space of personal development where unless we feel like we're in the perfect spot and we're not looking for a relationship and it's got to be a structured certain way, what if there was also the duality that we mentioned that a woman comes along or a man comes into a woman's life or woman, woman, man, man, that actually allows that person to up-level? What if without that person coming into your space, no personal development work, no path you're going to walk would ever actually allow you to grow as much as it would before they came into your space. That's what I'm open to this year. I'm also open to that. Yes, wow, money's important. Man, that's, that's a big one. But I'm open to that because I think for a long time I fell into the trap of, I'm going to do my work, Julian. I'm going to take care of me. And then, you know, as I'm taking care of me, um, the right woman will come along. That could possibly be bullshit. Okay. The right woman could come along. I could come into her life. What if we plugged into each other almost like a perfect, you know, Lego set? And it actually built the castle together. Cool, man. That, wow. Man. Let's, um, let's ring in 2018 with all these wishes and um, let's see what people shared in the comments as well. Um, what's, what's maybe like one closing thought you, you want to share with our audience? Yeah, I think if someone is interested in consciousness, that you've created a great container per se to explore this in. Because consciousness is going back to the child playing in the freaking playground. We all have it. It's all here. We're all being it all the time. And I think what gets in the way of it is just dirt and soot and anger and sadness and frustration and despair. And those all deserve respect. They all deserve airtime, but not permanently. Let's take a brush. Let's have conversations like this as much as possible that are exciting, that are forward thinking, that are optimistic, that are curious so that we can scrub off the crap from the lens. Because below the lens, below that clear lens, is this beautiful existence that we all can have all the time, and it's possible. It is possible if you allow it to be possible, and you do the work to scrub off the bullshit. Now, that work comes in many forms, and I'm sure you're going to have a lot of podcasts on scrubbing off the dirt. So I would say allow yourself to see through the lens that's already clear and scrub off the dirt. Wonderful, Josh. Well, it was a big pleasure to interview you, to be on the line with you, to be live. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This was so much fun. I really enjoyed uh, where we went. I think this is not a traditional podcast. I love this one because I love this type of topics. And I know that you're going to start pulling in so many incredible leaders that are helping people grow 
um, from a place of being of service to the collective, man. And also, I'd love to, if anybody wants to learn more about the physical and emotional, please check me out. It's Wellness Force. I mean, anywhere online, you know, have conversations with me about this because Julian and I, we kind of float on the same ring of Saturn. you had as much fun with the show as me and Josh did on this Facebook Live, make sure you check out that is facebook.com slash greenplanetblueplanet and have a look at the website greenplanet-blueplanet.com. Make sure to follow the RSS feed for the podcast either on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Thank you for tuning in and go out there, be yourself. show as me and Josh did on this Facebook Live. Make sure you check out Green Planet and Blue Planet podcast on Facebook. That is facebook.com slash greenplanetblueplanet and have a look at the website greenplanet-blueplanet.com. Make sure to follow the RSS feed for the podcast either on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Thank you for tuning in and go out there, be yourself.